0: We are so good about that listen to me you're no, the old is gone and the new has come and this is what 's so good about that listen to me you 're no longer defined by your sin you 're no longer defined by your past and the mistakes that you 've made you're no longer defined by those things but you're defined by the fact that you are a child of God and then you're created his image and he loves you and he pursues you and he wants to have a relationship with you you 're defined by Jesus Christ amen so the beauty of the church is this, man. The beauty of, of the reason why we gather here this morning and the reason we, we have home groups and small groups and Bible studies and meet together, the beauty of the church is this, man, is that we don't have to navigate to navigate the difficulties of parenting by yourself, right? And every stage is different, man. Newborns, you know, through teenage years, every stage is different, and you don't have to navigate those things by yourself, and that's, that's the good news, man. That's the good news of the Gospels, so that we don't have to do that. Every person, every family has a story, and our desire here at Chester Christian Church is to engage your family in a bigger story, All right? a, a God story of redemption. That, that's our goal here. And so the first week, what we said was is that the, the, no one has more potential to influence your child more than you, and so because of that, what happens in your home is more important than what happens here at church, All right? You have the most potential to influence your kid, right? Listen, no one is better positioned or equipped to share the gospel. You have an opportunity to model the gospel in your home every single day, and I'll get to more of that here in just a minute. The sheer amount of time that you spend with your children gives you parents a great opportunity to declare and demonstrate the gospel consistently. It. got this illustration up here with these marbles. If you were here last year, uh, Miss Lynette gave out these marbles to the parents. And so this, this, this container here is, you know, when you have your kid, and they, they are birthed, they, they, you, you give birth to your kid and they come out, uh, each, each marble represents a week of your kid's life until they graduate high school. And so the idea is, is that each week goes by, you pull out a marble and until you don't pull out any marbles, okay? So this is how much time, how many weeks you have with your kids. Lynette, what did you say this was? 881 weeks that you have from birth to graduation. Right? That's a lot of marbles, right? Now, if you're here and you have a son or a daughter uh, that's going to graduate from high school in a week which we are recognizing graduating seniors next week in our service. It's going to be a great time. Then guess how many marbles you have left? One. You've lost all your marbles, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so, so here, here's the deal, man. This, 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 you have one week left. And so, so if you have a, a son or a daughter that's getting ready to graduate high school, you, one of two things, man, you are either sobbing like a, like a baby or you are rejoicing in the Lord that you are about to be done. Amen? I oh, don't amen that. Come on. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Listen, and so, and so what we've said, man, is that, that you are the ones who can consistently pour into your kids, uh, just model the gospel in, in, their, in their lives. And then last week, what we talked about was helping you, since you have the most time with your kids, It is up to you to create this rhythm, to be intentional and create this rhythm in your home to where God doesn't show up just once a week. You know, like, okay, kids, it's time to go to church, and so you take God off the shelf, right? We we don't want that to be you and your family. We want you to weave God and faith into every day of your life. And so we kind of talked about what that looks like last week, and we gave you examples of how to do that. I mean, God has already placed a rhythm in your life, man. Everybody here wakes up in the morning. Everybody here eats breakfast. Everybody here takes car rides with your kids. And so those are just opportunities that God has given us where you can just pour into your kids, man. You can have conversations and you can ask tough questions. And so you create that, that rhythm with your kids. And so we talked about that last week. And so before we bring our, our parents and our babies up on stage, uh, we had one in our first service, and then we're going to have 11, correct? Ten. Eleven total. Uh, to attend this service uh, that 's a lot, a lot of a lot of mommies and daddies and babies uh, they 're going to be up here we 're going to dedicate them, and but before we do that, listen, there is one more very important truth that we want to encourage you with today and i 'm just going to be honest with you, this is probably the most important out of the three that we 've talked about. so if this is your first Sunday here, bam, you, you, you scored, okay because uh, this is the, probably the most important Uh, Because if you don't have this one, listen, the first two weeks that we talked about aren't going to matter. They're not going to matter. And this is what it is. You ready? As a parent, you must make it personal. You must make it personal. And this is what I mean by that. You have to model for your family what it means to cultivate a heart for Jesus Christ. If you're not modeling that, if you're not cultivating that in yourself, listen, it's not going to be in your kids. So the bottom line is this, man, you write this down, if this is all you take away uh, from today, man, this is fine, but this is what it is, bottom line, it has to be in you before it can be in them. It has to be in you before it can be in them. So if we go back to Deuteronomy, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up to to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy is in the Old Testament. This will be the last week that we're in Deuteronomy. We've been in Deuteronomy now for three weeks. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 6. And we're going to look at this passage today. And I want to focus in on a couple verses, okay? Because oftentimes the most quoted verses in this passage are verses 7 through 9. And we're going to read verses 7 through 9. This is what chapter 6, verses 7 through 9 says. And just to set this up a little bit for you guys, Moses is delivering this to the Israelites, which are God's special people. And the Israelites have been rescued from Egyptian slavery, and they're getting ready to go into the promised land, this land that's going to be awesome and great. Last week, we described this land to our kids as like the candy land, right? It's going to be gumdrops and uh, lollipops and all kinds of cool things. And so they're getting ready to go into this land, and God says, okay, Moses, I want you to give these words to my people to make sure they never forget who I am. And this is, this is the word, 7 through 9. This is what Moses says. We're going to read that first. He says, You shall teach them, talking to the parents, you shall teach them diligently to your children the commands, and shall talk of them when you sit in your house, when you walk by the way, when you lie down, and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontless between your eyes. You shall write them on the doorpost of your house and on your gates. All right, that's verses 7 through 9. Right, and, but, but what I want us to focus on today is I want us to jump back up in, into verse 4 and I want you to, to, to see what, what Moses says here. All right? he, speak, he speaks specifically to parents. And this is what he says. He says, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And in verse 5, you ready? You are shall love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul, with all of your mind. And these words that I command you today shall be on whose heart? Your heart. Your heart. Parents, I love this. You know why? Because God doesn't say, hey, start with the rules. God doesn't say, Moses, I want you to go in there, I want you to start with the rules, I want you to start with the commands, I want you to start with all these lists of do's and don'ts. No, God doesn't do that. He says, start with love. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. You know why he says that? Because listen to me, God has saved Israel, his people. He has saved them from Egyptian slavery, he has rescued them, and God says, I want them to, to dwell upon what I have done for them. I want them to think long about what I have done for them so that they, they will grow in their love and affection for me. So as they begin to think about what I've done for them, they will grow in their love and they will love me more and more and more. And that will begin to change them from the inside out. And then they will begin to do what? They will begin to listen and obey the commands out of a love that they have for, their, for God. It's the same way with us. Listen to me. It's the same way with us. God has saved us through Jesus Christ. And and one of my prayers every single week, man, is that we would come in this room and that we would recognize that the Holy Spirit would just do an amazing thing and that we would recognize, each one of us, man, that we fall short of God's glory and that we are sinners and that we are in need of God's grace. And when you come to that realization that you need Jesus and what he's done for you, and he, he died on the cross and he took your sins, he experienced the full wrath of God. When you begin to let that sit and, and you just dwell upon that, listen to me, that changes you. That changes you and your love for him grows, right? You, you begin to cultivate a heart for Christ and a passion for God will grow greater than your attraction to this world and to sin. You'll begin to mirror the same grace and love and mercy and generosity that has been given to you in the gospel. So parents, it's about you cultivating in your own lives a growing love for Jesus Christ while at the same time passing that down to your children. See, it's not just about having our kids memorize a few Bible verses and teaching them how to be good boys and girls. Listen, if that's all we're doing, then we're just moralizing our kids. right? We're just just teaching our kids to be moralists. Be, be good boys and girls. See, the scripture talks about targeting the heart of our kids, going after the heart. See, knowledge of the Bible, void of its connection to the heart, doesn't get us to where the Lord himself would have us. Because God desires for us to have the fullest life possible. And the fullest life possible is only found in a relationship with Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen? All right. So before, before parents teach their children God's commandments, they must first be ingrained in your own heart. This has to be in you as a parent before you can expect to be in your children. So let me illustrate it this way, okay? How many of you guys have been on an airplane before, traveled by air? Raise your hands, most everybody in this room. Okay, what, what does the stewardess say as you guys are, are on the plane, and they give that big speech there, and they give the talk, and they talk about, hey, if, this, if we get into a, God forbid, if we get into any type of you know, trouble in the air and the oxygen masks drop down, what are the instructions that they give you, right? Do what first? Yeah, yeah. Before you do anything else, before you try to put oxygen masks on your kids, before you try to put oxygen mask on the people around you, you put the oxygen mask on yourself first. Why? Because if you don't, then you're going to lose oxygen, and you're not going to be able to help anybody around you. It's the same concept here. It's got to be in you first. Before you can uh, help your kids, before you can train your kids, before you can pour into your kids, listen to me. If it's not in you, it's not going to be in them. It's not going to be in them. Right? And so if you're not cultivating that heart for Jesus Christ, then we can't expect it to be in our kids. It's like trying to convince your kids to eat healthy. Right? It's like, hey, here's some broccoli. It's good for you. Eat it but I'm going to go over here and I'm going to eat this peanut butter sandwich, <laughs> right? I want you to eat it, right? Right, Paul, your, your parents never made you eat vegetables, did they? I it a long time. Yeah, <laughs> never <laughs> ate his vegetables, right? But see, that's the thing, that, that, that's what we're trying to do, right? Listen, if we want our children to become, right, we, we, whatever we want our children to become, you need to, to strive for that as well. And this is what we've said to you guys before, listen, when you, when you have your kids, man, you, you need to think about what, what's the end going to look like. You need to imagine the end, man. When my kid graduates high school, when my kid leaves off, you know, what, what do I want them to be? And, and think big, man. Okay, don't think. I just want them to be decent citizens in society. I want them to change the daggum world. What do what, what I want them to be? Imagine the end and then... Strive to do that yourself, right? Because if you want it to be in them, it's got to be in you first. You've got to cultivate that heart. Listen to Paul's words in 2 Thessalonians. It's in the New Testament. You don't have to turn there. You can write it down if you want. 2 Thessalonians chapter 1, verse 3. This is what Paul says. He's talking to the Thessalonians. He says, your faith is growing more and more. And the love of every one of you has, has for each other is increasing. You know what he's saying there? He's saying, guys, man, I love to see it because you're growing in the love of the Lord. You're, cult- your heart, you're cultivating your heart for Jesus Christ. And you're growing in that. It has to be in you before it can be in them. So the question we want to answer for the rest of our time today is this. It's going to be short, so don't worry. Is how do you cultivate a heart for Jesus Christ? How do you cultivate a heart? How do we make it personal in our own lives? How do we pass these things on our kids? Let me tell you something. There is nothing more important than this. Nothing more important than this. So the first thing we need to do, man, is we need to be authentic and transparent. You can write that down if you want. Authentic and transparent. Listen to me. Truthfully, I've never met a parent who claimed to be ready to parent when the first child was born. All right, nobody said, man, I am so ready for this. I am going to knock this out of the park. I'm going to nail it, right? As a parent, we do what? We learn by trial and error. A lot more errors, right, usually. But that's how we learn, right? We, we grow as parents by practicing parenting. I've got this book that I've been reading. It's by Malcolm Gladwell, and some of you may have heard of it, but it's a book called Outliers. It's a great little read. It's a good book. But in this book, he says, that someone needs 10,000 hours of practice to become truly good at a particular task. Now, last time I checked, man, when you have a baby, guess how many hours you start out with? Zero, right? So we're behind the eight ball to begin with. And so the point is, is that both our faith and character develop and grow over time. Listen, we're in this process, man. When Dexter Jr. gave his life to Jesus Wednesday night, that, that wasn't the end, right? That's not the end of it, man. That's just the beginning. And so all of us, man, are on this journey, and we're growing, and we're being changed, and we're, we're growing in our character, and we're growing in our faith, and it develops over time. We're constantly learning and growing. We're not there yet. And so listen to me. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to, you're going to mess up. You're going to have some faults. And when you do, man, you need to just be authentic and transparent with your kids. All right? Don't try to be someone you're not. Don't try to, try, try to fake it to make it, right? Don't try to cover up your mistakes. Don't try to to be somebody for your kids, to to try to impress them or whatever. I mean, how silly is that, right? Be authentic and transparent. Because listen to me, they have a front row seat to your life. You can fake it to make it all you want, man, but they're going to see it. They're going to know. They're going to see through it. right? I mean, kids have a great fake detector, don't they? (laughs) Right? That they know when you're not being being honest. And then when you're not being real. I've never said to any of my kids, man, I really struggle with anger or people pleasing or whatever it is I struggle with, and had my wife and kids say, Oh, really? I didn't know that. I didn't know that about you. Right? They they know because they watch every single day. And so you might as well confess it. Admit it. Right? Admit the weaknesses that you are. Asking God to work on in your life. Just go to them and say, man, I struggle with this sometimes. But listen to me, I'm asking God to help me with this. God is helping me through my, my anger issues. God is helping me through my, my people-pleasing issues. God is helping me through my lack of self-control. You know, God is helping me through these, and I'm growing. And when you begin to confess that, man, your kids can see the growth in you. They'll see it. And then they'll see the difference that, he's, that God is making in your life. Listen, let you let your kids see how you interact with your spouse at home. Now, that can be challenging, can't it, for some of us? Some of us like to, we could throw down with our spouse, can't we? <laughs> Maybe don't let them see that, okay? Now, but seriously, I mean, let us see how you interact with your spouse, man. Love your spouse. Encourage them. Build them up. Show them what it's like to pursue a fuller relationship with God, right? Show them what it's like to, to, to interact with people in your community and Whatever that is, man, show them how to treat and respect others by the way that you treat and respect others. Show them what it's like to prioritize uh, their relationship with Jesus because you have prioritized your relationship with Jesus. as first in your life. Right, if you want your children to have it in them, they have to see it in you. All right, your kids need to see you struggle with answers. They need to see you face your weaknesses and deal with problems and admit when you're wrong. All right, it's about authenticity and transparency. Because, listen, when we do that, we have the opportunity to model the gospel every single day. And let me give you an example from our own life situation at our house. And uh, I shared share this story about my wife, Robin, and she's cool with me sharing this story. Uh, she read this first, so she, she's cool with it. But a couple weeks ago, uh, my wife was getting our, our kids ready. She had a, a doctor's appointment. We shared last week that we're pregnant. She's pregnant. Um, I'm not pregnant. She's pregnant. And uh, she was we're going to have another baby, and so that's, that's kind of cool. But she was going to a doctor's appointment, so she was getting the kids ready. It was hot. She was nauseous, not feeling well. And uh, she just told you a bazillion times, hey, get your shoes on, get dressed, whatever it is. Uh, get your glasses. I mean, just over and over and over. And uh, she finally just snapped, right? She snapped. She had all she could. She snapped. Uh, she lost her self-control. Uh, definitely was not one of her finer moments. She kind of came out like godzilla you know, and just say, hey, I'm, I'm about ready to throw down on you. You know, whatever. Uh, and she called me to tell me this. She said, hey, this is what happened. And she just lost it right there in front of Jude, our almost six-year-old. And I'm just going to be honest with you. That happens, I won't say frequently, but it happens often in our, at our house, not just with Robin, but, you know, right? Let's being honest with you. But, but here, here, here's the good part. You Ready? Because a little bit later, after Robin had cooled down and she had thought about it, she went back to Jude, and she sat down with Jude. And she said, you know what, buddy? She said, Mommy blew it. Mommy lost her cool with you, and she snapped, and she shouldn't have. And I am so sorry. Can you forgive me? Right? You see what she's doing there? She's smiling she's the gospel, the good news, right? And then, and then when Jude says, yeah, Mommy, I forgive you, then, then, then Robin can say, you know what, buddy, the, the reason why mommy snapped is because mommy's got a dirty heart, and mommy needs Jesus, and he's working on me to help me deal with this. And see, he, he sees that. You're modeling the gospel, and he sees that. Now, let me tell you what not to do, parents, okay? Don't ever go to your kids and say you're sorry and then add but. Okay? Don't ever say, I'm sorry, but if you hadn't made me so mad, Right? Because if you say a but, if you give your kids an excuse, guess what's going to happen? When they get older and they get in trouble, guess what they're going to do? They're going to give excuses. Right? Don't ever say but. I'm sorry I blew up on you, but you made me so mad. Just say, you know what? I'm sorry I blew up, man. I got a dirty heart. I need Jesus. You need Jesus. Right? We, we all need Jesus. Uh, and so, so you, you, they see that and they see, man, that you're, you're growing in the Lord and listen, I want to encourage you with this, man. Moses wasn't suggesting that parents live a perfect example or model. Right? Well, we've just said that. It's just not, that's not what Moses is saying. He's not implying that until you obey all the commands, you can't expect to pass your faith on to your children. He wasn't saying that. These truths, uh, he was saying that these truths need to be up on your hearts. That you need to be cult- cultivating a heart for Jesus in you because it has to be in you before it can be in them. All so the first way to make it personal is to be authentic, be transparent. Secondly, man, make it personal by making spiritual deposits. This is huge. Make spiritual deposits. This is what I mean. Our culture is built on busyness. Busyness. If you see a lot of people getting up, it's because they're going to get their babies. I've given them a cue in my sermon. This is what I'm about to finish up. So they're, they're going to get their babies if you see a lot of people getting up here, okay? All right. This is why our culture is built on busyness. And this, listen, we know this, man. We, we jam-pack our calendars full, do we not? I mean, listen, we run our kids here and there and everywhere. We sign our kids up for a bazillion things because we think that's what's going to be good for them. And we run not only them ragged, man, but we run ourselves ragged. And let, let me tell you something, man. It's very popular in our culture to talk about time management, isn't it? Talk about time management, time management. But you know what? Everybody here has the same amount of time in a day, in a week. Everybody has 24 hours a day, seven days a week. You know what's more important? It's not time management. It's energy management. It's not about how much time you have. We all have the same amount of time. It's how much energy do you have? Because although we all have the same amount of time, not all of us have the same amount of energy, right? We don't, we don't all have the same What's your energy management? Listen, there are some days, man, where I am just, well, I'll say seven out of seven days. I am like six o'clock rolls around. I'm just like, man, 8.30 can't get here fast enough. You know why? Because 8.30 is when we put the kids down to bed. I am exhausted. Right? Anybody else with me? Come on. Come on. Be honest. Don't lie in church. Really, Teddy? Y'all aren't like that? (laughs) Praise the Lord. Now, I, I mean, you know, just... Just, that's, that's the way it is, right? And so, so listen, what's your energy man- management, right? What, what do you have the energy for? See, the problem is we're not managing our energy and we're constantly burning out. We're running on fumes and, and we never take uh, time to put in spiritual deposits into our emotional, intellectual, relational, and spiritual bank. So sometimes, parents, you just need to take a break. Listen, you need to just get away, man. Get away in the house somewhere. Take a break. Take a Sabbath day. It's biblical. Take time to rest, to refuel yourself. Jesus practiced this, man. He was good at it. Every time you read through the Gospels, man, you see Jesus doing what? Getting away to be alone with his Father. Getting away to take a... Sometimes Jesus just go on a boat, man, to take a nap. Listen, if Jesus can take a nap, you can take a nap. (laughs) Right? Just take a break. Get away. Another way... Uh, to make spiritual deposits is about practicing spiritual disciplines. Now listen, I want to be very careful here because, listen, it's not about developing outward behavior. Oftentimes we talk about spiritual disciplines like being in the Word and praying and fasting, and we make it more about an outward thing, right? It becomes very legalistic, like, man, I'm gonna, uh, God's going to love me more if I do this, and that's not the case. Listen, spiritual disciplines, that's not what spiritual disciplines are for. I love what uh, John, uh, John Owen said. He says spiritual disciplines can trim the roots of sin, right? So it can trim the roots of sin, but only the gospel can pull up the root. So this is the point, man. You need to be trained. You need to be in the gospel day in and day out. That's why our purpose is to make much of Jesus because Jesus is the gospel. The gospel is Jesus. And then we follow that out by saying, reaching people with the gospel, discipling people in the gospel, and equipping people to share the gospel because the gospel is is primary, Right? We've got to be schooled in the gospel. We've got to know the gospel. And when you have the gospel deep in your heart, then you begin to go to the word of God and you begin to, to, to study the word of God. And you begin to pray. And not because you want God to love you more, but because you want to to, to know more of who God is. And you want to have this relationship with God. And you want to, to because you love, because your love for God is growing. You see the difference? And so just, just practice spiritual disciplines, man. And, uh, and then I think the last thing that you can do is, to make it personal, is just feel your life, man. Fill your life with what stirs your affections for Christ. Like, listen, what is it when you're doing it, around it, or in it, that really stirs your heart for Christ? And this is going to look different for everybody. This is the beautiful thing, man. This is going to look different for everybody. Right? For me, it's early mornings, man. I love early mornings because the kids are still in the bed, and Robin's still in the bed, and I can just get up, and I can just be alone with myself and the Lord, and, and for whatever reason, man, it makes me feel like I'm closer to God. I know I'm not closer to God in the morning than I am in the evening, but for whatever reason, it makes me feel that way, and so I just love early mornings. I love going for runs. I love to go for runs and just clear my mind. I, it just it stirs my heart and affections for Christ. I told first service, man, I thought about this this morning. Uh, I love being here with you guys. I love Standing out front, man, I greet you guys, and I pass you a program if I have it in my hand. I love that, and I love laughing and, and interacting with you guys. That stirs my heart and affections for Christ. Okay, so, so you need to think about for yourself, man, what is it that stirs your heart and affections for Christ? Is it, is it being up late at night? I, I don't know, whatever it is. Whatever it is, man, do a lot of it. <laughs> All right? Be consistent with it. Because it's going to stir your heart and affections for Christ. Okay, it's going to look different for everybody. Uh, listen to me. Making it personal needs to begin right now. Man, if you're a parent here and your kids are teenagers, listen. It's not too late. Make it personal now. The only way to make it pers- personal growth happen is to make it a priority. And as you start to make personal growth a priority, guess what's going to happen? Your kids are going to take notice. I want you to remember, man, you're the greatest influence in your kid's life. They're watching you. And God desires to write a bigger story in your life. And you will begin to change and grow in your faith, man, as you grow deeper and deeper in the gospel. See, when you you make it personal, listen to me, when you make it personal, the story lives in you. Amen? Amen? We're going to pray. I'm going to ask Lynette to come on up here, and we're going to do this. uh, We're going to do this. You guys excited? Somebody's excited. Yeah. All right. Come on, Adam. You got to commit. Come on. All right. I apologize, man, for my goofiness. I'm sorry. Let's pray. God, thank you so much for this opportunity. I just pray, Father, for this time now. Uh, Thank you for all these parents and babies. Um, man, what a blessing it is. Man, They they are such a joy. God, you have created these things, these relationships, kids, man, that we get to parent. And what a joy and a blessing it is, God. We just give you praise. You are the source of that. You are the source of that joy and that blessing. And we just give you all the praise and glory for that, God. Be with us now. It's in Jesus' name. Amen.